podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to the Big Strong Leicester Boys podcast, episode seven. And we uh, we record tonight off the back of back-to-back Premier League wins and a, and a much much better feeling around the football club, which I suppose um, is a nice place to be as we head into a weekend where we play Manchester City. But we'll get round to that very, very shortly. Um, as ever, delighted to say, Jordan and Jack, join me on this episode. But for the very first time, I'm delighted to say, joined by an absolute Leicester legend, a real superstar guest for us tonight, uh, the one and only uh, Danny Simpson. Danny, uh, thank you so much for your time this evening, mate. How are you doing, first of all? Um, yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, no, I'm, I'm I'm great. Um, obviously missing playing. Um, still keeping fit. Um, just, just trying to keep busy doing punditry and doing my coaching badges at Leicester. And listen, I'm still available if if, if a right back gets injured. You know, I'm not. <laughs> it's just making sure I'm I'm fit and and, and still ready if I get a call because you just never know. No, of course not. Of course not. So, I mean, was it Bristol City last time you were yeah. playing? Have you played since then? No, no, no. So, just keep it fit. Yeah, just play with, with my mates. I, just, I missed the game tonight, actually. Tuesday, 7 to 8. Just see the, the standards pretty good. Those are ex-players. Apart from that, yeah, not, I've not played. Who who else is playing then? Who, ex-players? Um, so, it looks like who's played in it? Chris Eagles, Phil Bardsley. Yeah. Um, Les Scott can't play because he's doing Champions League tonight. Um, it's loads of us, really. Uh, today? Yeah, imagine, uh, Stephen Ireland plays tonight, I think, I believe. Bloody hell, imagine turning up to six aside and a new lot turn up. Yeah, no, nah, it's funny, honest. <laughs> so, but, nah, it's still good to play with your mates and stuff, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, you talk about your mates, and, and Danny, I presume your mates are still largely loads of the boys within this Leicester dressing room, right? You're, you're still pretty close to the team, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a little WhatsApp group, and um, other than that, I'm, I speak to Wes Morgan every day, uh, Danny Drinkwater every other day, to be honest. So, um, bad. Um, yeah, so no, we, we, we all still try and keep in contact, even the other ones that you don't. We see Andy King, for example, as well, I speak to him a lot. So, no, it's good. Now, uh, Danny, it's it's not been well. I don't know, it's not it, it's, it's difficult actually to to find the words to, to describe the, the season so far. Twelve games in, I, I suppose the the stat which I, I tweeted during the week probably sums it up best. That, that after seven games, Danny, we conceded more goals than any other team had in, in Premier League history at that stage of the season. Yeah. But 12, 12 games in, we've now got the joint second best or second highest number of clean sheets this season. It's it's been a bit bonkers, hasn't it? Even by Leicester standards. Listen, yeah, you know, I'm just glad that, you know, I heard all this talk about sacking um, and, you know, many, many fans, I think, wanted Brendan to go. Um, I didn't want that to happen. Um, so I'm glad the owners just had a bit more patience. Uh, I don't think you get that in in, in, in in most clubs or in football in general anymore. Um, and he just said, "There, look, these what is it? Three last three games, they've not kept a, they've not kept a clean sheet." Um, so yeah, and I think Danny Ward needed that, and the back four needed it, the team needed it because you look at the players, and the players that you've got up front, 
are always going to score your goals. So I'm just glad it looks like they've turned the corner now and, and can start pushing up the table. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, there's there's no getting away from the fact that at one point it was look, it was looking pretty bleak. Mm. And I, I don't think it's unfair to say that the more often than not, maybe nine times out of ten, the, the manager probably would have lost his job. Yeah. But 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 Brendan didn't. And, you know, Danny, I know for a fact, you know, I've heard you on TalkSport, I've, I've heard you on BT and I've, I've seen your tweets. You were always fully supportive of, of Brendan. Um, did you think at any point, though, he might lose his job? Um, I thought... Yeah, that the, the well, if it, it would have been interesting to see what happened after the Forest game, if it went the other way, um, then obviously go to Bournemouth wasn't a great game, and then Palace, Palace are a decent team. You get you go, you get a point, you get a clean sheet. Um, but yeah, maybe I thought maybe the Forest game, if if there was going to be one, if that went horribly wrong, um, it could have been could have been a, a bad could have been the, the end for him, but. Um, it was actually a really good performance, um, loads of goals, um, and I'm glad they stuck with him because, like for me, like he is a top top manager and a top and a top bloke. Um, and I was looking at, it, I remember speaking to uh, Ricardo up in the stadium, and he he was saying like he, he doesn't want him to leave, he doesn't want to leave him, he doesn't want him to leave, um, and it's like who who else would have come in so. Um, yeah, I'm just glad it's it's, it's turned the corner and, and they're up for three games now without, without a loss. Danny, I was going to ask you a little bit about sort of managers and dressing rooms and how it works because often often when managers get sacked, there is a genuine feeling that they've lost the dressing room. And the interesting mm. bit you've talked about is Brendan seems to still very much have have the yeah. dressing room. But so, what's it like? How like what's the feeling like? Among with a manager when you know he's he's lost the dressing room. Yeah, like, look, like you said, I think the big, um, probably a big part of why he did stay as well is because the lads wanted him to. And if you can feel it in the club and the training ground, if the lads um, do want him to go, you know, and you are you are waiting for it to happen. <laughs> you know, you check in the Twitter, you wake up in the morning, you check in uh, news feeds, um, you drive in, and you're thinking, oh, is it today or when? The chairman comes in. Sometimes you've, you've, you know, you want it. You kind of, you want it to happen because, because for what, for whatever reason, you know, could be because you're not playing. It doesn't like you don't get on, uh, and you, uh, you just need a fresh challenge and, and a new start with a different man. Um, but I think with Brendan, he, he's, he's, he gets some of them all. He, he's, he's um, he helps him improve his coaching style. Um, every single one of them players knows when they listen to him, they're going to learn and improve. Um, and that's that's what you want every day in the training pitches is, is, is to improve and, and listen to someone that you believe in. Daddy, you were a massive cult hero of mine when we, we won the league. So thanks a lot for joining us. But um, I just wanted to ask, like, from a defender's point of view, um, what is it like when you're conceding like five and six every week? You know, obviously, when we won the league, I think we only conceded 36. Mm. Um, we've conceded 24 already. So as a defender, when you're conceding plenty of goals, what is it like in training? Um, or is it, you know, you had Riyad in front of you that I think it's fair to say didn't do his fair share of defending or mm. trekking back. So what what is it like as a defender? Are you trying to rally the, the whole team to buy into a clean sheet? Well, I think on the Riyad point is sometimes people respond to different ways of, um, of obviously communication 
Um, so I knew with Riyadh, I, I learned that on, on the pitch, this is what we're talking about. Um, if, if I screen and start with it, Riyadh, like you effing this and you effing that, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to get much of a, of a response from him, right? Uh, but if you, if I, I knew, to, if I said to him, like, oh, Riyadh, like, I just need you for five minutes, please, then it'd it, it, it help me. So people, each player, this, like, I knew, because if I scream at Danny Jinko or, or he screams at me, um, you know, that'll keep us on our game. Um, you know, you lazy. And, and you just got to know who needs a rocket and who needs a little arm. You know, to, to get, get more out of them. Now, I know you like to say that was a, a manager's job, but I actually think it's the players on the pitch as well. Because they're, they're the ones on the pitch, they're together. Like, you should be able to turn to your mate and know how to get the best out of him. And he should not get the best out of you. And if you're not speaking to him, communicating, and when I'm talking about effort and running, well, it is that because I have to shout at my mate to track that runner. Um, and, then, and so, yeah, going to the training pitch... You've you've got to be able to um, upset each other and move on from it and tell them that you're you're not working hard enough, you're not working hard enough, and you're a lazy, and that you should be able to do that because you're all mates. Uh, Danny, going back to the the current squad and, and but sticking on that defensive theme, um, Valface, you know, came in on deadline day, and mm. I think many would say has been a huge contributing factor to that to that turnaround defensively. I mean, I've been massively impressed by him. I think he's outstanding. And you talk about leaders and that ability to talk. I mean, I'm not sure if you had a chance to, to meet Val at all yet, but but what have you made of him in his first month or two as, as a Leicester player? Because, um, yeah, well, I think very quickly becoming a fan's favourite, isn't he? Yeah, I've only briefly met him, shook his hand, didn't really get a chance to speak to him um, down at the ground. But no, he, look, he looks assured. He looks like a good player. Um, reads the game well, good on the ball. Um, obviously tall with his big, with his big hair. But um, no, nah, listen, I think he's uh, he's slotted in well. I think that's what the team have needed that because obviously with what's happened with losing for Fana and then obviously Sayunku, um Obviously, we're not too sure what's gone got gone on there. Um, you know, who, who would have said Daniel Amai? He just, he just still keeps playing. It's like he's <laughs> um, like been at the club for years and just disappears and comes back <laughs> um but no he looks good um like you said it was on deadline day and if, if that didn't go through that day then i think you know they've been in even a lot more trouble than it was at one point and i was gonna like as a player brendan's talked about um the refresh and like players want new players coming in not being a player i sit there and go well do you really want new players coming in because you might lose your place or whatever like if you're in that position, are you sat there going, "Who are we signing?" or are you yeah. going, "I think we're good enough as we are"? Um, yeah, yeah. There's two ways of two ways of looking at it. Like, um, yeah, like Ricardo comes in, and I, I straight away I went, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> Some player. But all it, but what it does do is it, it make you, you got to step up your game, or you know, or and, and if if you do step up your game and it's still not good enough, you have to hold your hands, hold your hands up. But no, we do. When you when a new player walks through the door, it just gives the whole training ground just a lift. Um, it, I, you know, it's it's new energy on the training ground. Honestly, it makes such a difference just having one body come in one day and maybe if you get one in a, in a couple another couple of weeks. Uh, or you, you get them on the pre-season tour 
and you spend time with each other and get to know them, then honestly, like, it's, it's, it's what the team does need. Now, I do believe Brendan's saying that, and I think Sir, Sir Alex Ferguson's, I think every three years, doesn't he? he? He says he brings in, he would bring in new players and rebound the team because, without saying it, some players can get complacent um, and think they've got the spot and then the levels just drop. Now, I'll use an example, actually, because I've been doing some work at United. Now, Luke Shaw is a perfect example for that. Right, he looks like a coasty, coasty, coast, and then he'd be like, bring in Alex Tellers, and I sort of he steps up, steps up his game, and he's, he's, he's the best player on the pitch again. Then United, and he chills out, chills out. United bring in Malasia, who looks like the next Petrice Evra, comes out the team, and then he raises his game, and he's the best player again. So that's just an example really for when, like I said, bringing players in and having to step up as you get complacent. Yeah, Danny, looking at the start of this season. Um, obviously, when we were struggling, I think we only got one point from eight games. And then the last four or five games, we've picked up some points and got a few clean sheets. Kind of quite similar to the Great Escape year. Yeah. And then the following year, obviously, winning the league, which I don't think we're going to ever see again. But what, what's the mentality shift like in the dressing room? When do you kind of realise, or, you know, the penny sort of drops that actually we're onto something now? I think for us, it was... Obviously, we just come into the league, so I think we've been too respectful to players and teams. Um, maybe not believing in ourselves individually and collectively. Um, and then you get a couple of wins and you just get that confidence back, um, you know, that belief. And you think, actually, you know, we, we, we can beat teams if we stick to this game plan and believe in what we're being told this is the best way this is the best this is the best way to beat the team um and then having that belief i think for, for me was was massive and that like, so when you get two or three wins it's like well, why 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 can't we do this oh, not all the time because jesus you know what i mean but that's what our mentality completely changed to let's listen let's just go out there and do them <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah. who they are but well, why not why look they're just human um and it was not arrogance, but it was just, like I said, belief. And I think that's what, that that kind of mentality, that's what carried us through into, obviously, the season after. Um, of, like I said, not not giving these teams too much respect and believing in your, in your mates and yourself. But Danny, we, we massively appreciate your, your time this evening, so we won't keep you keep you much longer now because I've got some Champions League football to watch. I think your dinner's just arrived as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, loads of questions you want to ask. But I just want to quickly leave it with, with James Madison. Um, you know, I've, I've heard your thoughts already before on, on TalkSport and again, seen, seen your tweet about these as well. Um, but just as, as each week goes by, he just continues to put in, you know, outstanding performances. I mean, where are you at, at the moment in terms of what you think will happen with James? I mean, in the future as a Leicester player, but also I suppose with, with the immediate, you know, around the corner of, of this World Cup, do you think he's going to force his way in? Listen, mate, it'd be a disgrace if he doesn't. I'll, I'll go that strong. Um, his numbers, his performances in the last, definitely the last twelve months. Yeah. Uh, even go probably even go eighteen months. What did he get? I think he's on such on now six games to assist now. I think his goal involvement. Uh, are up there event with, with Harry Kane, um, you know, over the last 12 to 18 months. Um, and he's the type of player that steps up in games, and that's what you want. You know, if I'm talking, if he and he, he's confident, he believes in himself, 
Now, whether that's turned it into arrogance from Southgate or maybe the incident from, was it the casino maybe? Mm. I don't know. Something's clearly not right with them. But you got to put that aside. Like, if you want someone to come on last 20 minutes, you're just a little bit different, can find that final pass or that little bit of magic. I'm not saying other England players don't have that, but he definitely has that. And he can handle the big occasion. So, um, yeah, obviously, Brendan would rather keep him fresh, I imagine. <laughs> um, but, but listen, he's that type of player that should be wearing an England shirt. Yeah, no, couldn't agree more. Um, so, Dan, just a, a quick little word from me before I let you go. I've just got to say, I mean, at times, you know, I get massively frustrated with the way that the Leicester is kind of represented sometimes in the media, or, or certainly a severe lack of it at times. And, mm. and some of the people that do talk about us aren't you know, particularly good, I think is, is fair to say. And, you know, you know, you've been a breath of fresh air in terms of, you know, that, that punditry and that media, you know, since you started doing that for, for the likes of, you know, yeah. BT and, and talk sport. I know we know you're a Manchester lad, but we can tell when you talk about Leicester, um, you know, you're one of us, you know, and no. you're a, pro- you're a proper legend, Danny. So uh, we're hoping, you know, to, to hear and see plenty more of you. Yes. No, thank you. Appreciate that. I'll be back on um, talk sports Thursday, seven to 10. So I'll be, trust me, I'll be banging that drum about <laughs> not keeping Brendan and, and everything and, and the turnaround so don't worry about that <laughs> a real Leicester legend Danny mate we'll let you go thank you so much for your time cheers guys cheers have a good show cheers thanks pal. Danny thanks a lot Danny there we are the legend that legend. is Danny Simpson I mean he is though isn't he I know it's, it's, it's one of them words you, you kind of throw around I mean it goes about saying that, that all the lads who were part of that title winning team are, are legends anyway within their own right but you know Danny was just also then one of those unsung heroes as well, which almost feels a strange thing to say in, in, in part of that team that, you know, Riyad Mahrez would not have produced the numbers that he did. And, you know, we wouldn't have got the clean sheets that we did without Danny Simpson, just a, a vital, vital cog of that that team. And, you know, outside of Leicester, probably massively underappreciated. Him and um, uh, the, the, when him and Fuchs came into the team, I think that, Changed the course of the post Norwich, wasn't it? Yeah, the yeah. titles. I can't, it was, I think they came in for the Norwich game, right? Because we played Arsenal yeah. and we lost 5 2 because Ranieri went really gung ho. But yeah, <laughs> I always say it because I remember when Luke Thomas came into the team and I was like, he defends the back post like Danny Simpson. And yeah, like I think that is the greatest compliment I could pay Luke Thomas mm-hmm. in terms of the yeah. defender. Like he was safe as houses and very much unsung. I don't think he ever scored a goal for us, sadly. He almost scored one against Southampton, which everyone was willing in, but yeah. he definitely helped get the best out of Riyadh. Hmm. George, as well, I know you're you're a defender. You can tell all your questions. It's always the defenders' union, is it? You, you, you goes about saying a massive Simpson fan. Right back union. He he was my yeah. cult hero in that team, but yeah. interesting, yeah. you know, with Riyadh in front of him, he didn't need to get past the halfway line because the no. best player that we've ever had. So absolutely, he was just so solid, though. Like the amount of times, like Jack said, I can remember him heading it away at the back post, or he was two on one, and it was mm. just never in doubt. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at the eleven, he's the one player out of the eleven that would be the unsung hero. I think. Yeah, and, you know, uh... you know it, it sounds odd, but not for us. But maybe younger generations in the future, when they get asked the eleven, I reckon Danny would be the one that that people might miss out, but. I mean, he, he was as integral as anyone else. Like, he, he's an absolute legend. Mm. Yeah, and uh, really, really do appreciate his time. And uh, fingers crossed we'll get some more, you know, former Leicester 
legends on on the podcast so i hope you you guys enjoyed having him having him on um we've got loads to talk about today we haven't even discussed um wolves yet amongst ourselves uh, had loads of questions come in on on social media which I need to run through uh we've got who are you jack have you got any stories today you've been reading some random stuff on the got, internet yeah i've got i've got a very random one today actually yeah um yeah. which i hope you enjoy Okay, and then of course, then we we have the small matter of talking about Man City. So let's quickly um, do Wolves. Um, I think it goes without saying, absolutely delighted with that result. And and what I particularly liked as well was the fact that all three of us predicted a, a win, didn't we, in the last pod? And, and you know, that is quite rare, but it is a, a fairly decent indication of how we all were feeling at the time that you know this did represent a really good opportunity to, to go pick up three points. And you know, look at the four goals. I mean, uh, Yuri Tielemans is is just a, a spectacular goal, but he's done that so many times in his in his Leicester career. Harvey Barnes' goal, it's it's a goal again. I feel like I've seen him score a hundred times before, but you know, it, it's it's a brilliant goal. Um James Madison, the the same, you know, it, it's a brilliant finish from just on, on the edge of the box as he continues his, his good form and obviously justifies coming straight back into that team. And then, of course, Jamie Vardy getting off the mark, which we're all crying out for as well, weren't we, on the, the back end of, of last week's pod. Jordan, um, yeah, I mean, w- what can you add to that? A 4-0 win, back-to-back wins, and, you know, we're all feeling pretty happy now, aren't we? I mean, it was the, it was the perfect day. Um, mm. Perfect away performance. Like we've kind of said before, sometimes some fixtures are just perfectly aligned to get a result. Wolves kind of reminded me a bit of us maybe three or four weeks ago that they're a decent side, but you could see in front of goal, they were so maybe nervous. They just weren't confident in front of goal. And they had a couple of chances in the first half. Um, Justin made a brilliant block. Ward made another fantastic save. Um, and the thing I loved about our goals was each goal was what those players involved yeah, they're their strengths, you know. Yeah, if, if you'd shown that goal and didn't know it was Yuri, you guess it's Tielemans. Barnes playing a one-two with KDH finishing low, you know, a, a nice little um, give and go. You'd know it was those two. The Madison goal was just so Madison, and the Vardy yeah. one was just so Vardy. <laughs> like he was six-yard box, um, and Castani put the with, crossings with, with the celebration to boot as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, you know, I, pre- I preferred Barnes's uh, celebration because it was almost yes. like he'd, he'd been listening to us. But like Danny was saying earlier, you know, kind of, you can see that confidence coming back now and you can see the players sort of playing to their strengths. Um, mm. And it, it was just, the, it was just the perfect day. Yeah, no, that's a very good point, actually. The, the Barnes celebration is he, as he cups his ears to the Wolves fans. If you haven't seen the picture yet, it's, it's, beautiful because you just you can zoom in on each and every single one of those Wolves fans and you know each face tells its own story I mean a very angry story um but it is quite funny isn't it what we did mention last week in terms of that energy and that arrogance which perhaps Harvey's lacked there was almost a little bit of that about him on on Sunday which I really did enjoy um Jack what about you what was your big takeaway from Sunday I uh, my big takeaway is um, I think Harvey obviously listened to the podcast last week. Of course so, he does. Uh, yeah. Hello, Harvey, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I I think I think let's not get carried away. Right. We've we've won three games and they're against the bottom three. But the most I thought the points Jordan made about you know all the goals were classic those players. But yeah. Felt like we had a bit of swagger about us. You know, Vardy's cupping his ears. Barnes is doing the same. Um, so yeah, and you know, there's a there's a photo I put it in our um, our group of Amati, Fez, and Ward hugging each other, and I, 
feel like the the mentality's back and there's a bit of togetherness and just, just a little bit more positivity about the place, um, which is really pleasing to see. We're keeping clean sheets. Um, you know, like I looked at the stats at half time and couldn't believe they had 15 shots. It didn't feel yeah. like that sort of game. You know, another episode in why XG is hugely misleading. Um, <laughs> but I, I thought we were good value. Yeah, we only created five five chances. But, you know, I thought we were the better side. Um, I thought, you know, in the first half, we could have been three or four up if we had the final pass. It just didn't quite work out. Fair play to Rogers because we were all saying pick Pratt. And I thought KDH was outstanding. He then makes three changes at 60 minutes. And I think it completely closes out the game. So, you know, fair play for that. Um, uh, one random thought I had when Yuri scored the goal was uh, my mind went to Thomas Frank saying, Yuri Tielemans never scores goals like that. He always scores goals like that. The boy mm-hmm. has like unbelievable yeah. technique. Although I would say, I don't think I've ever seen Yuri celebrate a goal that hard. That hard. Like normally he looks like, yeah, I meant that. It, it, when he scored, you could just see like, wow, I've hit that well. Um, and it was absolutely brilliant. Um, so yeah, really, really enjoyable. Um, you know, I can't remember the last time we won 4 0 away from home. Um, it, it doesn't happen very often, so we should we should definitely enjoy it. And you look at the league table now, and it's it's absolutely bonkers how you know we're I think we're three points off top ten or something now. Like it, yeah. it's a it's crazy six, season. Six points off six points off seventh, I think. If, yeah. if you want to be that ambitious, it's it's a crazy season. So you know we've we've dragged ourselves back in the mix. Long way to go, but you know again. Some really encouraging signs off a off a decent win on Thursday, which is which is great. Yeah, and you know what? Um, I don't think a huge amount more needs to be added to be to be honest uh, about Wolves. We're all happy, we're all delighted. Um, long may it continue. Um, got loads of questions and genuinely loads, so I want to spend a little bit of time um, on that. And of course, Jack, we've got your story. We talk Man City. Um, so should we go straight into who are you? And, and Jack, you yeah. are the quiz master this week and you've already pre-warned me and George that this is a ridiculously hard one and um, th- there's a chance that as far as the clues go the idea is you know it gets easier and easier you might actually be having to spell out the name for us at, at some point is it that difficult yeah it, it's, <laughs> yes. it's, it's, it's a hard one and uh, I had uh, had a brief half an hour break in my day today I had nothing better to do did. so I prepped unlike you last week Jake um, yeah, yeah so um I'm really enjoying the power of this, by the way. I, I quite good, like to do this every week. Yeah, it's is, it is really <laughs> enjoyable. Okay. Um, do you do you want the do you want the first clue? Any clarifications on rules? We all clear on that this week. Yeah, I, th- I think we know what we're doing. Just just shout out when we when we've got an, shout got out, an out the answer. answer. Yeah. Shout yeah. out the answer. Okay. First to get it wins. Okay, so the, the first clue. I was born in 1977. Okay. Graham <laughs> I don't know when Graham Fenton was born, but it's not Graham Fenton. Right. <laughs> I started my career at Leicester City and I finished my career at the Tampa Bay Roundies, who I later went on to manage. Rowdies, not Roundies. That feels like a such a massive guess that you should know that. Yeah. Started at Leicester. Finished at Tampa Bay and, and what now manages them? Uh, did manage them. Did manage them. So it must I mean, I don't. I, I mean, I, I don't know, but I'm gonna. I feel like that that should be a massive giveaway. I'd imagine people listening may have got it already, or maybe it's just ridiculously hard. And 
go on, carry on for us. Jordan, you look like you're thinking away. Any, no, I'm, any I'm just thinking if, if he was born in 77, he'd have been 23 by the year 2000. So mm. we should know this, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go on, keep it going, keep it going. Okay, I was capped 14 times for Scotland under-21s. Okay. Stuart I'm, Wilson. I, I was going to say Stuart Campbell. <gasps> Jake! Have I got it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. I saw I saw Jack's eyebrows raise when you said Stuart. Oh no, I was going away. I'm going yeah, on. I'm going off camera next week. Stuart Campbell was was the was the the, the name in my head, but I was going to wait for another clue. But when your when your eyebrows raised when George said Stuart, I think it's got to be. Well, to be honest, we didn't have that many youth players around mm. that time. I think George, George's given you a big clue there because he's done I, the maths and worked yeah, out yeah. that he was 23. I'm going to claim the assist, I think, on that. Yeah, I think that was his I think it was a big assist there. Nah, um, I'm giving you the assist. I'm, I, I'm pretty <laughs> impressed you got that because the, the clues were deliberately vague. What, what, were the other, to, what, what were the other clues then to, you know, seeing as you've put in it half an hour got worth easier. of work? Yeah, yeah, they don't, don't think it got any easier. It was like, I was born in Corby. Yeah, no, it wouldn't have helped. Uh, the next one was I played for Birmingham Grimsby in Bristol. Grimsby might have given Grimsby, it away. Yeah, Grimsby. See, I, I, yeah, I remember Grimsby and Bristol. I genuinely do. So, I mean, because I did have an inkling by that point because of the the age yeah, yeah. that by that point I would have got it. I, I won't lie. Was there yeah. any more? Or where, where, yeah, where, the where, last where one we was I played saying... 37 times for Leicester between 96 and 2001. Right. So I think okay. at that point you would have worked it out because he was he sort of was in and out under Taylor. I'm sorry, under O'Neill, and then Taylor bombed him out. All right. So winner st- winner stays on, which means that um, Jordan, you're back in in charge next in, week. Back in the chair. Um, yeah. So what's the score? Jack's got two, and then we're one all. Yeah, that's my first one. Yeah. yeah. So I've been, I've been quiz, ma- quiz master twice, lost once, and won today. We should probably it's... keep. You're some on kind minus. Of... You're on minus one for that guess. I can't remember who you guessed, but it was the worst guess of all time. <laughs> it was. It, I was going to keep quiet because I didn't want to keep bringing it up. I feel like whatever I lost in, in credibility with my Lillian Nallis guess when it was actually That's Frank Rowland. <laughs> I think I've. I, th- I, th- I think I've brought myself back. I do. I think I saved he, myself um, for that one. Yeah, he wouldn't have said decent. it on blockbusters though. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, just Stuart Campbell never scored for Leicester. Thirty-seven games. Well, I seem yeah, to remember never... him playing quite a lot. Mm. Yeah, he... O'Neill used to put him in in like the big games early on. I remember he played at Man U, um, and he used to come on a substitute quite a lot. But yeah, I don't don't know what he's up to now. He uh, he was managing the Tampa Bay Rowdies up to 2018. But um, uh, oh, he's a director at a Nike sports camp, so that sounds like quite in, a fun job in America. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I makes, presume so. makes sense. Yeah, Not makes bad sense, gig, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. Um, let's move on and do Jack's stories, I think, because um, as ever with loads of the questions, they're, they're all kind of intertwined a little bit then with, with Man City as well. So I think it, it makes sense to, to do that one. So, uh, Jack, what have you been sifting through? What's caught well, your eye this week? Um. Fortunately, I'm in a position now where people are sending me random obscure things they read on the internet. It's not all oh, Leicester City related. So, um, this is what it's all about. Which is nice. People getting involved. Yeah, and 
So I, so I thought I've had a few this week and some of them were angry and I was like, you know, this is, this is a feel good pod. So we're not going to go with any angry rants about anything. Um, but someone's made me aware that there is a woman called Janice uh, who is selling a couple of shirts on eBay uh, signed by Philbert Fox, which I thought was a lovely touch. Um, <laughs> they are XXL. I'm not sure what price they're going for at the moment. Night, uh, well, it, it's it's in dollars, ninety-seven dollars, which is about ninety-seven pounds currently with the exchange rate. Um, so uh, so yeah, if anyone wants to grab themselves a bargain, uh, we can put the put the link in the in the pod if you're that way inclined. Um, but I just thought that was uh, that was a, that was a nice thing. Um, mm. Philbert's obviously been busy. I'm not sure what Philbert's relationship uh, with Janice is, but he's he's left her a lovely note on the shirts, uh, and uh, yeah, they're they're going on. Um, on eBay, if uh, well, if anyone wants one. So uh, were you, were so you we boys are. ever ever autograph hunters? And and if so, you I know, used, used, what, what loads, which one stands yeah. out in your mind? Any in I, particular? I, the most obscure having, one. God, mm. no, I was just say I remember having the blue. Auto, it said autographs, and then the yeah, Leicester yeah. badge from Filbert Street shop on the corner, mm. and you could wait outside the Carlin stand till the players turned up. And uh, I remember Robbie Savage nearly ran me over in his <laughs> yellow Lamborghini. He did. He, I think the best autograph I ever got was uh, a bit of a weird one. Mike yeah, Whitlow. On. Mike Whitlow. Oh, he, he he did our presentation evening one year, and I think all the kids in my team I didn't have a clue who he was, but I was probably mm. the only Leicester fan back then. So that was quite a good one. Yeah, I was going to say that 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 was the thing as as a kid because for some reason, you know autographs are really exciting aren't they to kids but you think about it um and i think about it back then that i didn't know who all of the players were don't get me wrong i knew a few and you'd end up getting like a you know a book filled of autographs and i would actually no word of life spend half the time going through trying to work out who on earth that the players were like look trying to work out what letters i could make out from the from the autograph and then going through the squad list to see which which autographs i actually had and then you know obviously you you never really do anything with the autographs, do you? It's 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 quite a bizarre thing, really, when when you do think about it. Um, Jack, have you ever, any in particular any autograph hunting? I used to have like the actual like Leicester City autograph book. They used to sell them in the uh, Fox Leisure Shop. But I the most obscure one I've got. He never even played a game for Leicester, but and I can't even remember his name. But the reserve goalkeeper <laughs> under Mark McGee, who was there for about. 15 games or something yeah. i don't think he ever like played a professional he was behind not, not russell he? holt no it wasn't russell holt it was um i think i, I want to say he was like deputy to kevin pool not um, gavin, gavin ward no it wasn't because i know gavin ward and it, it was a really obscure one I, I'll, I'll find his name we should do a who am I on him actually, but sort of giving it away by saying that now. Yeah. But um it's We're not even great. listed. Yes, it's not Benson. even listed that he played for Leicester on his Wikipedia page, but I know he did because he definitely was on the bench for a few games. So that's the most obscure one I've got. So now I've still somebody got the can book add Philbert Fox. Yeah. Um yeah. So there we add are. Philbert well Fox done, Jalice. To, to, to that collection. Right, what else have you got? Was that it? Was that the one? That was today? it. That, that was no. it, mate. I'm saving them up. It's quite hard work finding new ones every week. So <laughs> well, don't push me too I, hard, please, Jake. Was... I, apologies. But if anyone does find those kind of stories, those little tidbits, um, send them over to Jack and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get, them, get them on the podcast. Right. Are we ready for some questions then? Love to. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was, I was um, going to add, Jake, before the questions. Yeah, go on. Just a quick autograph one as well. Um, I have got a signed Champions League ball from the whole squad. Um, without going 
into too much detail as a Christmas present for my ex-girlfriend. But that's a great oh, present. Yeah. Oh. But it's, it's pride of place in the Fox's Den. Yeah. And you can make out mm. JV9, Ranieri. Yeah. I mean, will be on there somewhere, but they're the only two I can make out. Solid nice. present, though. It looks like a Beaver Drive that, job. Mm. No, that is a great present. It is. You, you wouldn't be able to do that now, would you? You wouldn't be able to go down Seagrave and just wait outside the, the gate when the players there's start. No. The car yeah, there's, there's a big like security guard out there that like yeah. ushers you away. Mm. Good luck with that one. Um, right, let's do some questions, shall we? And we generally did have loads in, so I'm, I'm going to have to kind of hand-pick some of the best ones. Uh, apologies if I don't get around to asking you one today, because uh, there were genuinely loads. Um, I'm actually going to start with a pretty serious one, I think, and um, it's something I alluded to, I think, after the Forest game when we won 4-0. I mentioned, didn't I, that I noticed that Brendan didn't go out and clap the fans when all the players did, and I wondered, you know, should we read something into that? Um, now, Lee... 78 LCFC, the, the Twitter account, I'm sorry, the Instagram account, he, he messaged me and said, what do you make of Brendan not clapping the fans for a number of games now? Um, so he's he's still not doing it. He's still not coming out after the game to clap the fans. Now, is this just a, a new thing or, or do you you think he's he's holding some kind of grudge here that um, that he wasn't feeling the love and he's still not ready to to, to come out and and wave the fans. I mean, that, that's certainly what it feels like to me. I mean, to be honest, I haven't got a massive issue with it. I, I generally don't. But, um, you know, he's he's not doing it. So the, the, there must be a reason why. I, th- I think it probably is deliberate. Well, I mean, it's definitely deliberate. Mm. I can't really blame him. He's taken some stick, hasn't he? He has, and yeah, some of, of some of Some of the stick, now I'm not saying everyone's done this, <laughs> but some of it is quite personal as well, right? Like, and... Yeah you know they're human beings at the end of the day you know to be in that position you've got to have a sizable ego I think um which I don't think is a bad thing for I think his ego's taken a bit of a battering and he's he's probably pissed off about that um mm. and like fair enough you know the fans aren't particularly singing his name at the end of games at the moment and I think I, I think in many ways the jury's still out a little bit although I think he's you know, fair play to him for turning it round. So, um, so yeah, I think um, there's probably a relationship analogy somewhere we could use. But um, yeah, he's, yes, he's definitely in the in the sulking phase, isn't he? You know, someone's yeah. someone's taken his ball away and he can't play anymore or something. I don't know. We are definitely due a girlfriend analogy, aren't we? And you, yeah, this we, we've missed a, we've missed an open goal there. Um, George, what do you think? Have you got a problem with it? Or you know, do you agree with Jack there? He probably is a little bit pissed off. Yeah, I mean, bizarrely, after the Leeds game, I actually looked out for him to see um, if he if he was still doing it. Um, I didn't notice it at Wolves, but I, I think actually it sounds weird. I quite like it because <laughs> it shows he it shows he's taken that criticism personally, like he's taken yeah. it on board, and he and he doesn't agree with it. And I and, and I quite like that. I mean, obviously, you don't want to sow seeds of division at the club, but I, I'm sure there'll be, there'll be a point where he comes over and he does clap the fans, but. I kind of quite like. Um, it does seem deliberate, doesn't it? I think that, that mm. now because obviously after Forest we thought it might be a ploy, but um, I, I kind of I kind of don't blame him either, to be honest. Um, yeah. and, it, and you know, hopefully it doesn't last for too much longer. But it, it shows that he he cares to me. Yeah, it's, it's it's funny that I saw actually a clip from a comedian during the week, um, the comedian Troy Hawk, talking about imposter syndrome, and it was it was a, a, a I said. 
a, a gentle dig, a very harsh dig at, at Boris Johnson. But basically, you know, if you listen to the whole sketch, you were saying that, you know, if you think you have imposter syndrome, then you can't have imposter syndrome because you've obviously got, um, you know, the, the, the self-awareness to, to think that you may have something. So the fact that Brendan Rodgers is actually pissed off with people would give some kind of indication that, you know, because otherwise he'd, he'd just be sat there, you know, carrying on doing exactly what he's doing, thinking, well, there's nothing, it's not my fault. I'm not doing anything wrong. It, it must be them. But the fact that he has maybe taken that personally maybe does suggest or, or show that he is a bit more human than sometimes people give him credit for. Because I do think sometimes people do think, you know, he is, um, I don't know, words arrogant or, you know, I'm, I'm not too sure what. Um, but that was a question from from Lee. Um, another question from Sparry22. He says, how can we incorporate Pratt into the team more consistently? Uh, always feel when he plays, we look more assured in attack and his quality is clear to see. Um, yeah, it is a difficult one, isn't it? And, and what happened on Sunday was exactly what we predicted, that he, he'd come out. But you know, he did come on and he did have an impact, Jordan. Yeah, um, I, I was an advocate of not changing the team um, against Wolves. But like Jack alluded to earlier, the team selection was bang on and the three changes were bang on, which just goes to show what a squad game it really is. Um, I think, like I said last week, I think Pratt's such an enigma. It's just such a difficult one because I wouldn't pick him in the strongest 11. Um, but it does seem mm. to me now that he he's kind of forging a position for himself on the right-hand side, certainly ahead of Aozi uh, and Sharkey as well. So if, if it means that Madison can play more centrally, and and Pratt plays on the right, I'd say that's probably where I, I best see him. But it's a tough one with Pratt. He, he, like we all agree, he's just he's a fantastic player, and it's it's just getting him more consistent minutes. I think. Yeah, but I think I think he is now earning the the trust of of Rogers, which I think was perhaps lacking there before. And you know, Jack, the the same question to you. I mean, how do you incorporate Pratt more into the team? I mean, is that possible, um, or do you think he has to? Just hold on to the fact that he's he's back up to Madison on the right. He's back up to to Tiedemans and he's he's back up to to Jewsbury Hall. So you know when you are back up to three players, it it does you know give a, a fairly decent indication that you will get your minutes over the course of the season. Oh, I think it's a good problem to have if we've got players knocking on the door of the of the team. And I definitely think when he's played, he's not um, you know. So he started a couple of games to see didn't do much against Chelsea but you know I thought came on against Wolves does, does his customary wins the ball high up the pitch and we score from it which he was doing in pre-season um, I think that right I, I prefer Madison centrally I think it helps yeah. our ball retention so much it's a real challenge though because I think Dewsbury Hall gives us so much in terms of energy if you could combine those two players I mean you'd probably have the best player in the world um, <laughs> so I think you've you've just got to pick it based on based on the opposition. I think, you know, Leeds is a perfect game for Pratt, whereas Wolves, slightly different style of play, need a bit more pressing. You play Dewsbury Hall. For me, Madison plays every day of the week. Um, I think it's between him and Dewsbury Hall. And I'd probably play Pratt on that right-hand side and then switch Madison centrally, just depending on the opposition. But mm. I definitely think he needs more game time. I, I do think... Jews, we all need switching out occasionally. I thought it was very good on on uh, Sunday. Um, but then I thought the substitution just helped with our ball retention a little bit. So, um, mm. so yeah, he definitely needs to be more involved. I don't think he starts every week, but maybe every other week, potentially. 
Yeah, no, I agree. And and just fingers crossed that, you know, he recognises that and he, he will get his minutes. Uh, and I think, you know, being at a club like Leicester is probably better than maybe the the other the other offer which may well be on the table for him um so that was from sparry 22 thank you for that one um a question from gill um carter carter gill of course um what next for soyan chu um is it game over for him at the club now that it appears that rogers is safe i mean quickly i'll jump in and, and give my answer in a word yes you know if if rogers stays soyan chu goes um i think we all acknowledge that don't we george yeah, all right, Carty. Good to hear from you, mate. Um, like Jack put in our WhatsApp group the other day, I think Rogers would rather play himself at centre. Yeah. <laughs> now. Um, it's just a shame, isn't it? It's just a shame. Um, yeah, I, it I, is. I, I can't remember when he last featured. Was it Tottenham away last season? That, that I don't even of, know. I think yeah. he, he played against Stockport, didn't he? Yeah, the same yeah, league game. Yeah. yeah. But I think Rogers blamed him for shirking a tackle on the touchline and ever since it just has has completely deteriorated and I, th- I think last I heard he was going to Milan um, before that Atletico I, wanted him yeah I heard but Atletico we, I heard I think his we, agent's we, been quite busy isn't he for I mean, a he, couple of years now <laughs> he's captain Turkey he was in the player he was in the team of the season was it 2018 alongside Van yeah. Dijk and we were talking about a 40-50 million pound player um so, yeah, I mean, it's just a shame, but I can't see him ever playing for, for us again, unfortunately. No, same. Um, this one's a slightly different one, but a nice one. This one from Ned T, 1884. Uh, which of the current youth team players are you all most excited about? And we had another decent result during the week. I always keep my eye on it, see the highlights. You know, there's there's some good players. and we, We've seen a few of them this year, you know, creep out onto, onto the first team bench. Um, Jack, who's... Who's the one, if you could pick out one? I know there's a few players. We'll, we'll, we'll try and mention a few of them. But if you could pick out one that you're, you're most hopeful for, who's that? Will Alvarez. He yeah. looks very good. Scored a good goal the other night. He um, did. I think he's still only like 16, um, 17. So, um, yeah, he, he's obviously playing well above his age group. Looks very good. There's another one who you won't mention as well. Uh, well, he's just got the England under 17s. He's a left back called, uh, I think his second name's Adley. He's yeah. meant to be very highly rated too. Uh, and we produce left backs. Um, the, the academy is an absolute factory for them. So that's a, that's another one. George, what about you? Yeah, Someone I other think... than Alves? Because I think, I think lots of people like Alves. I think people are talking about him, aren't they? But, but maybe another one. I'm going to say, I think Alves is the... The one that everyone is hoping gets through. Um, the Leicester Modric, Sammy Braybrook, looks yeah. like he could be um, the sort of Madison Mould kind of player. Um, I'm going to give a shout out for um, for Harvey Godsmark Ford, who has just signed a, th- I think it's a three-year contract, but he, um, under 23s, and he's captain side, and he's former Ludwig Athletic. So big shout out for the Atho. Um, Fine pedigree. Yeah, um, so hopefully, you know, I'll see him in the pub a few times. I've never really spoke to him, but he's, uh, he's one of our own. <laughs> he's just about, I think. But he's, he's, <laughs> I say he's in the pub. He, I should clarify, he's never drinking in the pub. He's having a fruit shoot outside. Yeah. He, he's often on the pool table with his friends. But, uh, <laughs> you know, when I go in, people are like, that's, that's that lad, that's that lad. Um, mm. And he's, he's one of our own. So um, he's captain of the side and he's he's got um, a con- professional contract. So he's... He's got to be um, a fair player, but it'd be, be nice to see um, a little athletic representative 
at Leicester City. I don't think that's ever happened before. No. Um, all right. Brilliant. Uh, can can good... I throw another one in, Jake? Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Because Chris Popop scores a lot of goals, but he's also got mm. a great haircut. His fringe is for the ages. So I really <laughs> hope he makes it because we need a I've fringe not, like not, that in the team. I've not seen the fringe. Can you describe it's, it for people who haven't? It's just, it's just like cartoon manga hair. Like it is sensational. What is the fringe swept across it's, or is it up it, or is it back? It, it's down. Like yeah. it, it's it's very sort of jet black. Yeah, he looks like a cartoon character. I mean, he seems like quite good. I think he's been in Wales under 21s as well, but mm. just um, epic fringe. Um, so, yeah. Right, back to Clearly first team it. matters. Um, this is a question from Twitter. Uh, Mr. C.L. Neal. How many points realistically should we be looking at for the next three games? This is a two-parted question. Also, how do you think the World Cup will affect our season? So the last three games before the World Cup, it is Man City, Everton and West Ham. Uh, just the one home game, that one against Man City. So it's not the it's not the easiest of, of, of fixtures before the World Cup. I think we've we've just had that, you know, little crop of of, of good games, which I think we've we've taken fairly um decent um points haul from we've taken advantage of that i'd have to say um yeah if we can pick up four points from those three i think um that would be respectable and i think that the world cup i don't know how that's going to affect us because if you'd asked me a couple of weeks ago i would have been crying out for it to 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 kind of stop so we so we can have a break and you know use the january transfer window to perhaps bring in some players but you know if we continue playing the, the way we have done the last couple of weeks. We're not going to want the World, the, the world Cup to happen, are we? Because we're going to want to you know, keep on playing whilst whilst we're playing well. So um, I'll kind of sit on the fence with the second part of that question and, and say we'll, we'll wait and see how we're playing after after the West Ham game if I want to see that World Cup ha- happen um, there. But yeah, I think four points realistic, um, Jack, from Man City, West Ham and Everton. Can we expect more? Is that is that unrealistic to expect more? I think, yeah, let's... Let's not get greedy. It'd be nice mm. to have six, right? Because, you know, uh, Everton... Uh, Everton aren't Everton... playing well at the moment. But no, West, exactly. West Ham have won, I think, five home games in a row now. And, of course, Man City have they? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, West Ham is always a tough game, particularly for us. So, mm. four points would be a decent return. Um, yeah. I don't think you can ask for too much more than that. I mean, the next five games are a bit tougher, because you then go into Newcastle and Liverpool as well. Yeah. Although the break for you know Newcastle might not be a bad thing, so for us anyway. So um, so yeah, I think that's fair. George, are you going to be greedy and want six or nine? I just yeah, anything more than <laughs> anything more than four is is fantastic. I mean, yeah, Saturday's obviously a free hit. If we can get anything from that, it it feel like a win anyway. I think if we can, you know if we can get a point, um, mm. Goodison and um, London Stadium, we've got a reasonable record at both i think since we came back up anyway but, yeah no I've, I've i've been the last few and i i, I mean I, we've lost at west ham a couple of times but yeah i feel we've got decent records at both haven't we i always feel like games against those two are a 50 50 almost mm. whenever we play there but yeah four points would be decent and then obviously the world cup i think it's just going to be like a, the season started all over again i think it's going to be yeah. like the first day of the season um which could be a good thing when we're playing newcastle and liverpool first up i mean Liverpool will probably want the break the way it's going. Um, so it's just no telling. depends how many injuries people get, whether Madison goes, um, whether Yuri looks more tired than normal. Um, <laughs> obviously, Castagna will be going. Um, it's, it's just, I think no one, no one knows. I don't think anyone nah. in the professional game knows what's going to happen. It's just such an anomaly. But um, 
it you know it, i guess with some teams it will help and some and others it will it will hinder so we'll hopefully we're uh, in the former yeah well, let's obviously just hope for for no injuries right before we do man city jack your question um who's the biggest and strongest leicester boy <laughs> um is this within the Big Strong Leicester Boys podcast or within the Leicester City squad? Just to it was actually, it's actually a question from my wife about all three of us. Uh, <laughs> and I, said it, I said it was you, Jake, uh, followed by Jordan, Jake. and then I would be very much. Ah, third. see, th- so. this is interesting because I saw the question. I, I thought you were talking about us. Now yeah. I think, I mean, I am the biggest, um, and maybe like physically strongest. But if you wanted a fight, <laughs> I would be the last one out of the three you'd probably want in the fight. Uh, I don't think I'd be very good in a fight. I think I'd lose no, all yeah. counts. I, I think we'd all. I think. I think we. It could be three on one, and we'd all lose. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> we, we might need to rebrand. <laughs> what about in the dressing room? Do you think? Um, I reckon you, George. <laughs> I meant at the club, but <laughs> no, I know, I, mean, I know. I'd take um, that. I'd take that. Who? Who is? We haven't got many, have we? Really, actually. Well, it'd be so Yunchu, wouldn't it? He's got to be he would be, yeah, he would be the. Most... But we haven't, we haven't got many obvious ones, really, have we? I mean, I'd be be, be tempted for Big Dan. Big, yeah. yeah, Big Dan's got the violent streak in him, hasn't he? Do you yeah. remember when he really pissed off Kevin De Bruyne, and you could yeah. hear what De Bruyne was saying? That was mm. that was amazing. I mean, he did hit him. Uh, yeah, but just his, his reaction was so petulant. Yeah, like he was like a screaming child. It was really funny. <laughs> Cag, right, Cags let's... and Fez would be a good scrap, and they'd also mm. be a good tag team if it was WWE, because <laughs> they've got you know the, the hair. They'd be good characters, I think. They would be. Yeah, I can well imagine them as a WWE tag team. <laughs> right, swiftly moving on. Let's talk Man City then, shall we? It's the game this weekend, Saturday lunchtime. Um, Paul Chisholm, his question is going to lead us nicely into this. Uh, thoughts ahead of Man City um, on the recent form. Should we be confident or still expect a drubbing? Um, well, look, the reality is, is we're going into this game off the back of consecutive wins. Um, Man City are playing in midweek. Now, <laughs> as, as favourable as that could possibly be, you know, this is probably the best time for Leicester to play Man City, being the Saturday um, lunchtime kickoff. Uh, of course, you know we're still going to be massive underdogs, but I mean, it, it's probably the best case scenario, isn't it, Jordan? Yeah, I mean, at the time of recording, it's nil-nil. Man City away at Dortmund. Um, Harlan's gone off at half time. Is he injured? Hopefully, oh, like just ominous. just just for this weekend. Obviously, I don't wish you know a serious injury on him. <laughs> oh, I suppose they could only play. Alvarez or De Bruyne yeah. or Grealish or Riyadh. Um, yeah. I mean, they won the Premier League yeah. last year without a striker. I'm sure they'd be okay. Uh, well, if you, I mean, if you ask any Leicester fan five games ago about this, I think people were fearing that they could get double figures. But I said to Jack earlier, I'm bizarrely quite looking forward to it. To it I am as well. Time because we're coming into inform and there's literally nothing to lose. And I, I do feel like we, I mean, if Man City do have a bogey side, we might be in the top three because we, we sometimes get some really weird results against them, um, which involve them imploding and, and us making the most of it. So, I mean, you never know. I'd absolutely love a, a score draw, I think. Mm. Jack? <laughs> I'm terrified. 
Absolutely oh, terrifying. Yeah, no, but, but don't I, kill I don't, the mood. No, honestly, like Harland looks like he's been created by a computer game. It looks like he's been rested at half time. Um, De Bruyne's one of the best players I've ever seen, and <laughs> like Maros is the best player I've ever seen play for Leicester, uh, <laughs> and he doesn't even get in their team. Like they're yeah. a joke. Um, so no, I, I mean I. <laughs> got no hope oh mate i thought we were all gonna end on a really cheery note i I don't know what it is and i know it's not the most kind of insightful of an analysis but there is just something that tells me just got this feeling that we're gonna do all right this weekend i'm not sure if i'm just kind of drunk off six points um i'm not sure what it is but you know i i just think that we, we are at home we are playing confidently they are playing in 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 midweek now, of course, if we if we lose the game and, it, and it's two one, then you know it, it's a situation where you can draw positives from it. Or it certainly doesn't damage morale, does it, w- within the squad? So, you know, when I say I'm confident, that's not me necessarily saying I think we're going to go on and win the game. It's just like kind of as Jordan alludes to that. You know, a month ago, I thought that actually, you know, it would have been a disaster to play them because you know, the scoreline could have genuinely been anything. But it won't be like that now. It, it, it absolutely won't be. And um, yeah, I suppose I think the big question mark then is is team selection because we've got back-to-back wins, but there's a scenario where I think Johnny Evans and probably indeed a are back are available for, for selection this weekend. Um, we saw Pats and Dakar and, and Vardy rotate again on, on Sunday and, you know, the the general kind of logic of, of how Brendan has managed the two of them would suggest that, that Vard comes back in for the Man City game. Um it's a really nice position to be in. And I like the fact that, you know, we're having genuine conversations about who starts and, you know, there's a chance that, you know, Vardy indeed and Evans are going to be on the bench. And that's a great position to be in, isn't it? To have those kind of options ahead of this game. I think that's a good point, Jake, about, I guess the result is kind of irrelevant unless we get absolutely walloped. But if we can put in a good display, um, I think Jack was saying earlier about we looked like we had a bit of swagger against Wolves again. Yeah, we did. We of, did. It, it felt like, you know, we've got our team back. And if that can continue on Saturday, I think that, that's the kind of be all and end all. If we can kind of put in a performance against what are probably going to be the team that, that win the uh, Champions League. Um, I would <laughs> go against my own um, school of thought from last week. I'd bring Vardy back in. Yeah. on the basis that one he scored two he only played half an hour and three he's a talisman and he's, he's always Vardy. he's always given um man city a bit of a problem um and pep must be the only man in the world i remember when they first came i think did Vardy get three in that game and got two hat tricks against them yeah 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 pep must have been the only man who'd never seen him play because he tried to play a high line and he just ripped them to pieces um but i'd bring vards back in and then if Evans and Wilf are uh, a fit, play them on the bench. But it'd be it'd be nice to have them in the sixteen at least. Mm. Jack, what what do you do with the the team? Do you keep that winning team? You, you mentioned the swag that we had against Wolves. I mean, you'd be tempted, wouldn't you, to keep it the same? Or you'd, or certainly, if you're yeah. one of them eleven that started against Wolves, you'd be disappointed to lose your place. You you would be, and I think if it was any other fixture, you would not change it. Mm. However. Evans and Ndidi technically on paper are two of our best defensive players. Yeah. So, and 
I would definitely bring Indeedy back. I, to be honest, I'd probably bring both of them back, assuming Evans is fit and he's been bang average all season, but he's our skipper. Um, I might even, I'll probably go three at the back and just stick Evans in the middle of Amati and Fez potentially. Um, mm. Whether he does that or not, I don't know. The one thing I do really like about the what what we've done as well, and I've not mentioned this, we're not trying to play it short all the time, and that's one thing against Man City that I would think would not be the right thing to do because they press so well. But Danny yeah. Ward is just lumping it sometimes, and I don't mind that because we seem to be obsessed with playing this short passing style, which you know works well when we're playing well. But sometimes you just need to bang it long, so so I don't mind that. Um, but yeah, I, I'd probably bring them both back, thinking about it. I would play Vardy as well. I think it's time for experienced heads, really. And I think Sumarian, I think Amati's done okay. Um, you know, I can't really knock him, but he's he, he still got errors in him that I think Man City would pounce on. That said, mm. I mean, Evans has been doing the same. So yeah. we need another centre-half, really. Just clone Woot Fez, call him. <laughs> Soy and Chew, call him that. No. <laughs> I, lo- I loved... Um... Danny Simpson's comments, by the way, about Daniel Marty early on as well. So he's just yeah. he's been here forever. Each time you think he's gone, that he comes back in again, and he just keeps on playing. Um, did make me laugh out to say. It's mad that um, he played with him and he said that yeah, as well. Like you can exactly. just imagine a Marty just appearing in the changing room and being like, "Oh, I forgot you played for us." Yeah, cheers, mate. But I no, did genuinely again, at one stage forget he played for us. You know when he was out for like eighteen months, yeah. and you were like, mm. "He's not injured." So where's he gone? Yeah. But but also everyone forgets about the title winning team. They always say, "Oh, you know, there's only a couple left now from from the team." You know, there's only all Brighton and and, and Vardy left. And it's like, well, well, no, Amati was there as well. Like literally, everybody forgets the fact that he was he was there. He's been here forever, but just never really been a, a first choice regular. I mean, he's, he's playing now, or certainly since last season, more than he ever did beforehand. All this points to me. Um, it suggests that Dan Amati is a cult hero. He's not far off it. I mean, I mean, I have a, he a Ghana. Be. I have got a Ghana Amati shirt. I do, and I love the song. I love the the, the stickers that we've got for for Daniel Amati. I wish he was a little bit better at football, but I, I would say he is. He's he's quite close to being a cult hero, which is kind of a little bit part of the the, the kind of attraction, I suppose, of a cult hero. Do you know what I mean? Where there's something a little bit different about them, and he, he has got that, hasn't he? I, what what of my um, God, John. Sorry, Jack. One of my friends <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> was actually saying to me, which really made me laugh. He goes, didn't, didn't you sign him as a central midfielder? I was like, yes. Yeah, we actually did. He but then like, during the, that, that season, Ranieri would bring him on like for with 20 minutes left on like the wing. Yeah. And uh, my mate was like, how on earth is he a yeah. central midfielder? He can't he move. He centre mid, right mid, right back, centre back. And still nobody really knows what he is. <laughs> he's but a he's been here, what, like, seven years? The song years? says he's a centre back. He is a <laughs> centre back. It's my favourite thing about the song. It's like describes him as like a blunt object. It's not yeah. like he's our centre back. It's like he is a centre back. Yeah. Oh dear. Right. Um, so I think actually um that all being said, I think Leicester look a lot more solid as a two as opposed to a um a back three in terms of, of centrally. So I think that the big Dan probably does come out because of the fact that, that Johnny is the, the club captain. Um and I think that, that Will probably comes in as, as well for, for Booba, even though Booba's done a, a really good job in, in his absence. You know, a, again, you know, like Dennis Pratt and, and Pats and Dak are really proving their worth to the to the squad. But again, you know, you're probably going to need that 
a little bit more kind of defensive minded midfielder, aren't you? Um, at the weekend against Matt and Man City, or, or certainly that's how I feel. And and I bring Vardy back in as well because he is Jamie Vardy. He loves scoring against the big six, and he's got a great record uh, against Man City. So so yeah, that'll be that'll be my team. Um, any other points you want to add to that and, and throw in a, a score prediction before we wrap up? Uh, go for you first, Jack. Well, thanks. I think we'll lose <laughs> three one. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> Jordan, I was going to go for 3-1. I was going to go for 3-1 oh, as well. What win? <laughs> I wish. No, 3-1 Man City. Unfortunately. All right, sod it. 1-0 Leicester win. There we are. Another clean cheek. Go yeah. on, Jake. Why not? Yeah, What's the worst not? that could happen? Yeah. yeah. We lose 3-1, yeah. sure. You um, get it wrong. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, no, we all got it right last week. So I'm, I'm going to see if I can continue that form. Um, I am a little bit confident, or at least I'm looking forward to it. And I have to say, I think that's the same for so, so many people heading to the King Power this weekend. How many times we generally look forward to, to going down to the to the ground, to the game? And we all like the day, don't we? Of course we do. But I just think there's a, a little bit of a different feeling around this weekend's game, which is, you know, I've missed, I won't lie. So I am looking forward to it in that sense. So, uh, boys, I look forward to seeing you all this weekend. Um, thank you once again to the legend that is Danny Simpson uh, for coming onto onto the podcast this week. Uh, we'll endeavour to get some more uh, former Foxes players and hopefully as, as big a legends as, as him in the coming episodes. So yeah, enjoy the weekend, enjoy the game, and uh, we'll catch up next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.